a Keep Productive production. Welcome to the Tools They Use podcast. Interviews with professionals about how they use apps, software, habits, and routines every day. Are you hampered by your emails? Do you spend ages clearing newsletters or even emails with lower importance that take attention away from moving the big projects forward? Well, does that sound like you? Because I was very much like this a few months ago, probably about six months ago, then I started using SaneBox, a powerful email management tool that helped me to reduce that noise in my inbox. You can set reminders, train your emails into filtering automatically, even send large attachments in links and heaps more. Samebox is a mighty powerful application and it is August 2019's Tools They Use sponsor and it's amazing to have them back. This is one of the tools I pay for on a monthly basis and I can't recommend trying it enough. I actually upgraded to their annual plan only a few weeks ago. All listeners can get a free 14-day trial to Sanebox and a lovely $25 credit to get you using the tool that offers so much. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tools They Use podcast. I'm joined by Justin DeRose, and we've just been having a lovely conversation about everything from microphones to work, right? Just oh, getting yeah. tired in general, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, work and not work and getting the day off and all that fun stuff. Yeah, it's. I mean, the thing is, we this episode is is going to be particularly fun because this episode is like it's been like a two parter for us anyway because. We've been chatting about it for a while. Uh, in the previous call, we literally carried it on and just talked about it. And I think it's going to be quite fun, I think. Yeah, I think so too. And so what we were talking about previously that unfortunately didn't get in the episode because we shut the recording off was <laughs> how you handle loneliness and relationships and stuff when you work remotely. And it's something that since so many companies are moving to a remote sort of model, especially those that are very digital oriented that people have to really consider and think about when they're taking a job that's especially like primarily remote. hundred percent. And, and I think we talked a lot about like, you've been in that position, you're currently in that position and I've been in that position in the past. And there is that sort of, sort of you're thrown in deep end because no one teaches this sort of stuff. Like, um, that you won't be around other human beings. Um, so I think today what we're going to do is we've put together five uh, recommendations uh, for those who are looking to curb their loneliness as a remote worker. And we're going to we're going to dive in, aren't we? We're going <laughs> to dig deep. <laughs> yes, we're going to go to the very deepest annals of remote work <laughs> loneliness today. We are. And, and Justin, did you know, um, you've got the honor of being the number 50 episode of Tools They Use. Well, that's awesome. Thanks for having me Thanks. on. <laughs> and we were just Glad I can help before, you celebrate. Yeah, let's, let's, let, this is a celebration episode as well. Um, but we are just chatting before, we're, um, we're probably going to look at doing a few more of these sort of collabs, because I think it'd be quite fun and quite cool. And uh, yeah, so for those who don't know who justin is already twitter name justin justin derose d-i-r-o-s-e you can find me there and then too we just rebranded uh, my productivity community from the productivity guild 
to effective remote work. So we're f- specifically focusing on trying to help remote workers become more effective at life and work altogether because there's really no line between life and work. And it's especially mm-hmm. the case when you're working remotely. Definitely. And the thing is, like, loads of people talking about sort of work-life balance and it, it, it's going to come into more play now because you'll literally need to be able to find the lines between which one's which. <laughs> yeah, very true. And, I mean, you got to set boundaries and you got to have a, an idea and a vision for your life because you don't necessarily have a manager that's talking over your shoulder or looking over your shoulder, making sure that you're going the direction that the company wants you to go. You kind of have to have an idea yourself of where you want to go in your career and where you want to go in your life to really be successful and effective. 100%. Did you um, did you see the product hunt the other day of like, I think it was called like Netflix Hangouts? <laughs> no, <laughs> like, I didn't. Oh my God, I was laughing for ages. Someone's created this sort of video conferencing tool uh, that basically you, you, you use Hangouts, but in one of the corners, it's Netflix playing. That's hilarious. So, so when you're in the office, well, at least in the office, you people walk by and it looks like you're in a conference call, but you're actually watching Netflix. It's mad, oh, isn't it? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good for remote workers, at least. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll, you can we'll ha- dive into these, yeah. <laughs> you can have a YouTube video on all that you want when you're working from home. Nobody's going to know. Yeah, you can, yeah. That's one of the problems, though, I think we have to... It really is, yes. We'll, we'll address that near the end. <laughs> Lovely. Well, let's dive in. And you were number one. So Justin, take take the show. So number one tip for dealing with loneliness while working remotely, I have found is honestly disconnect. Um, the biggest feeling of loneliness can come from feeling disconnected, whether that's from people around you or from the world around you, because you're sucked into a digital world through the computer and your phone and stuff all the time. And interestingly enough for me, feeling disconnected oftentimes comes from being so connected all the time. Um, So sometimes feeling lonely is a symptom of another problem, like not having space to process. And for me, when I'm connected all the time through my phone, through my computer, checking in on work, checking my email, keeping up on text messages or whatever's going on on social media, my brain just gets totally overloaded. And a lot of times when I end up in that place, I end up feeling just completely down and lonely and like I really just need connection with people. But in reality, I just need some space. I need some time away from all these infinite feeds of the internet and just to let my brain catch up. I know Chris Bailey in his book, Hyperfocus, talks about two different concepts of focus that our brains need to be healthy and to be productive. Hyperfocus, which is essentially deep work, like Cal Newport talks about in his book, and then scatter focus. Scatter focus is basically letting your mind wander and connect ideas. And this is what recharges your brain so that you can focus more deeply. So the ways that I do that is I get out of the house, I take a walk, I journal, I just lay on my bed and let my mind run until it just stops, because sometimes it does actually stop. But I remember I need to do this away from the infinite feeds of the internet. The uh, the other thing that often comes up for me too with feeling disconnected with the internet and being so connected all the time is FOMO, fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. 
And the best way to approach that is to stop evaluating the reality of your life against other people's highlight reel on social media. And that's really hard to do. But being aware of that, being aware that that whole concept of FOMO and that other people are just posting all their best moments on the internet and not necessarily showing all the ugly of life when you're feeling all of it and experiencing all of it, just being aware that that's happening is probably the biggest step to not being influenced by it. Yeah, that's, I didn't really even think of that like as a thing that would affect it, but I guess it does because you're literally like when you do get connected, at least it feels like you're in this sort of preconceived uh, sort of world that everything on the outside looks clean and dusty and that can really be, it, that can only reinforce your negativity around it. Yeah, totally. Really good point. Yeah, it gets to be. Sorry, I've got kids screaming in the background. So if you if you hear <laughs> that, I even, apologize. I didn't even hear that. Okay, all right. <laughs> That's how good that this microphone is, Francesco. You should get one. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna buy it after this one. If it blocks <laughs> out anything, then happy days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so I'll I'll give an example of like how my for example, my kids react. When hmm. I take my notebook out and I'm writing ideas down and they're maybe playing with something. Yeah. They're totally fine. But when I pull my phone out just to respond to a text message for five seconds, they freak out. They yeah. notice something's different with my attention. And mm. I think that affects us all relationally at some subconscious type of level when we're dealing with digital devices. I don't have science or anything to prove that just as these conjectures that I've made from watching how my kids and my family and myself respond to it. But I, I can only imagine that when we live in such a digital world that we're experiencing something like that too, where we feel more disconnected because we're spending so much time on our devices. Not that that's a bad thing, but we just have to temper it with things that are disconnected and things that are real and real relationships with people in front of us. Yeah, and, and I, I think I'm going to have to get more uh, advice when I have kids from you because <laughs> that's it. I think it's it's almost like it's instilled that your attention is sort of completely gone when you take out your phone. Like, um, and it's the same like even with uh, social events these days. Like, right, taking your phone out is like literally it, it, it takes you away from that sort of meal, that experience, and, and I think it's definitely something that will. I guess disconnecting is is a massive. I think that's why it's number one on the the bleeding list because it, it's one of the biggest things that you need to do as a remote worker. Yeah, and it's really something. It's funny to think that disconnecting contributes to f feeling connected to people. You know, I mean, yeah. if if you think about it, because you're really just thinking about, well, I'm just working on my computer and I'm not really interacting with people. But like even just the fact of like, shut your phone off, walk away, put it in a bedroom or something when you're out. Because I don't know, for me, when I have my phone in my pocket and I'm walking around the house, even with my, my kids, like I just I'm so drawn to that. And so then I'm not even mentally and emotionally present to be able to be connected with the people that are going to fill the need that I have for connection. So yeah, it's, that's it. Yeah. It's kind of crazy how it, it all works. And it's really interesting just to see how this whole spectrum of technology is playing out for us right Definitely. now. And well, I guess we'll figure and, it out eventually. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. And I'd just add to that, that. The one thing that helped me particularly when I was working in my like, old flat was that, 
I would just go down to like um, the local park and literally just sit there on the bench and just enjoy stuff go by, sometimes bring my journal. Um, and that massively helped. So, yeah, I can't can't uh, say that enough. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Lovely. Brilliant. Well, number two is uh, one of my recommendations is local gym. Um, do you go to the do you have a gym membership? Justin? No, I don't. And that's ah, something gonna that I, this one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, okay. The struggle with that is that I, um, I live pretty far away from the gym. I mean, granted, Fair I live enough. in a small town. It's like 15 minute drive to, to the decent gym in town, but it's just yeah. enough friction to not really be able to get there very often. <laughs> to get so. in the car, yeah. yeah. No, well, that's it. Like, even, I guess uh, you could do this with the same model with home workouts, but mm-hmm. my the one thing that I found, in, at least since remote working, was I was like, okay, so I, I get to develop some form of schedule for myself during the day because, you know, I, my commute's gone. It's, 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 30 minutes there would have been 30 minutes back. So I take at least 30 minutes and I put it into lo- the local gym. And at least when I was in the city, I'd go to the gym one, which was only a 10 minute walk. So <laughs> it's not a drive in anywhere. Um, and, and, and plus you can walk a, there too. So you're getting exercise yeah. on the way to the gym as well as on the way That's home. <laughs> Two birds with one stone. And that was like one of my biggest remote work hats because I was almost like throwing myself around other people. Like even the gym was busy, you know, you, you don't interact much with people in the gym, but I think sometimes when you're stuck at home and you're like getting a bit like lonely or even thinking about stuff and overthinking stuff, going and taking yourself out one to be around people and two, to uh, sort of get that blood rushing in your body can have a massive impact. Cause you just start, producing ideas and the quality of work in the afternoon tends to go up. That's what I found anyway. Yeah. And I've actually heard it said before that in order to recharge from draining yourself mentally, you need to do something physical and to recharge physically, you need to do something mental. So it totally makes sense that (laughs) going to the gym and you're, you're investing yourself physically in something, you're actually giving your brain a break. To be able yeah, to that's it. kind of step into that scatter focus mode too, where you're recharging and, and letting your brain just kind of go everywhere. Yeah. And that's been one of my top hacks. Even if just like, I just literally take the 30 minute visit and I call it a day. And then occasionally I'll go for like a 30 minute run in the afternoon, but that's normally on a very, if I'm very eager that day. <laughs> right. Yeah. Good old uh, hour-long exercise in the day, right? (laughs) Jesus. Um, Yeah, number three now. I think that's a... um, I got to read this one earlier, and I actually thought it was a really good idea. So you take it away, Justin. Yeah, so I'm a songwriter as a hobby. I love music, and I've kind of done this all on my own for a while. And the summer, I actually got connected with a few other people who like to write songs too. And so we started a songwriting group and honestly, hobbies are one of the easiest ways to get connected to other people that you don't know. And Mm. so this tip is to join or start a local hobby group. Honestly, like there's hobby groups out there for everything like photography, board games, music, writing, Mm. reading, and they're everywhere. And so 
And if they're not in your community, there are other people who probably want to have them in the community. And so mm-hmm. it's a great time to create a shared experience with other people around a common interest. And that's really the beginnings of creating connection and relationship with other people. And it gets you out of the house. You get yeah. to meet others. You get to work on a passion project. And ultimately, especially if you're just working at home all the time, you're not really going anywhere. And like me, if you have kids, you might not even really get the opportunity to take very many vacations or trips. Mm. It ultimately gives you something to look forward to. 100%. And if like, let's say you're uh, someone who's maybe a bit too shy to start a local hobby group, is there, have you found like a good place or at least some apps or resources to find local hobby groups? Honestly, like for me, I like I mentioned earlier, I live in such a small community. There's nothing really digital for us. Uh, so I haven't really <laughs> gotten into that. But, you know, if you're in a smaller town, I know usually like at coffee shops and stuff, they have these like bulletin boards where you can post announcements. Oh, yeah. and a lot of times just skimming those places if you're going somewhere to work for the day, you know, checking those out and seeing if there's something of interest there. Or even like usually like shops that are related to that type of hobby. So if there's a you know a camera um, shop or a you know a game store or something like we've got a few in town here, you can walk in, ask them if there's any groups that meet that play a particular game that you're interested in or any photography clubs. They usually know of those type of things because those are the people that frequent those locations. That's it. And I don't know about you, but I feel like more these days. It's like a lot of remote workers have social media, right? And, uh, like the Twitter presence, because you want to be able to connect with people around the world. And I feel like at least having like a hobby or an interest, it like separates you from the crowd in terms of like, you can share not just your work and your remoteness, but you can share your hobby and interest. Do you find that? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think so. And especially if you're looking at some kind of a creative craft. I mean, there's so much Mm. pressure these days to just put your stuff out there for the world to see it and whether it's good or not. And, And sometimes you just need a space where you can get feedback from a couple of people who are maybe a little further along in the journey than you are in order to really hone your craft, you know, because we don't need people that are just slamming our stuff down because they don't like it or they think they're better than we are at it. What we do need is we need someone to come alongside of us and say, Hey, I really like that picture that you took. And here's some ways that you might be able to improve taking a picture the next time. And a lot of times these clubs or groups are good places to find those kinds of connections. Yeah. It's like a no judgment zone, but totally. (laughs) And that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So then you can start to hone that. And then when you're, when you want to put it online, when you feel like you've gotten to a place where you feel comfortable doing that, then you can. You're not just forced to just throw everything, whether it's good or not, out into the world for the world to judge. Cause frankly, the world can be a little bit of a tough place sometimes for that and and (laughs) sometimes discouraging. You you know what? I, in, at least in the UK, what is popping up a lot is, um, coffee shops with board game evenings and people have been loving it. Has it been happening in the U S yeah, you know, I'm, I don't have any locally here, but I've heard of them happening in different places. I know I read a book a while back uh, called the revenge of analog. And there's actually a whole chapter uh-huh. in there about board games 
And yeah. there is a place in Canada, I think, that really popularized the concept and they're very successful at it, where they even have a, a guy on staff who is like um, a sommelier for, you know, for board games where you yeah, yeah. ask him like, say, hey, we're, oh, we cool. like these kind of board games. What yeah. kind of other board games are 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 similar to this that you think we yeah. might like and he'll go over to the shelf and he'll pick this one off and he'll say, Hey, you probably like this because of these reasons. And Oh, yeah. you're not going to like that one. <laughs> so that's yeah, sick. It, that's like a wine connoisseur of board games. Totally. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> I want one of them. Jesus. <laughs> I know. And, yeah, that would be good. Um, number four is for me talking on this sort of coffee shop subject is it's a really small thing i feel but befriending coffee shop baristas um i don't know do you go to coffee shops often where you in your town yeah in fact we've got a couple of decent ones where i go to the only downside the only downside is that they need a little technical help to get their Wi-Fi a little better. Uh, <laughs> I know what sort of the, thing. The you're bane about. of the remote worker is having a poor Wi-Fi connection mm-hmm. in an ideal location to work. <laughs> well, the good the good thing with befriending coffee shop baristas <laughs> on the topic. <laughs> um, when I was in my last coffee shop, they hooked me up on their staff Wi-Fi because I was nice. in off, and I was like. This is ideal because everyone else was complaining about the Wi-Fi, and then so that's one of the benefits to uh, it. Sure is, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like that whole concept of like, um, I guess like having a patronage—is it called that? Like where you routine go to coffee shops and yeah, is that the right word? Something, yeah, I think like something a, like that. Yeah, you're like a patron of the coffee shop, and people know who you are, and that can really, especially when you're at home and you're feeling lonely, you're like. Well, I can go to the coffee shop and, you know, yeah, Katie and, you know, uh, all the other people know me. And that's like a really nice, at least it feels like you've got a sort of friendship group to some extent. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then, I mean, too, have, depending on the work that you're doing, sometimes those connections can bring, open other connections to mm. things that would never open up otherwise. Yeah, and and like that could lead to if you were a freelancer or anyone like that, that could right. lead to more potential work accidentally. Like, um, the coffee shop could be looking for a website developer <laughs> to right. uh, redevelop a website. So you know, you never know what's going to come of it. The con- um, the coffee shop could be looking for an IT contractor to improve their Wi-Fi. Who knows? Yeah, they could be looking for a <laughs> Discord uh, community. You know, all that sort of stuff. So right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be sick. Um, but yeah, that's one of my, um, that's my final one. Um, Justin, you have number five, take it away. <laughs> yeah. And again, this is one of those kind of bigger picture strategies with some tactical tips to it. So ultimately to prioritize your relationships over your work, because mm-hmm. when working remotely, it's really easy to let work creep into all hours of the day. I was actually really struggling with this uh, last week because So after reading Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, Francesco and I were, it kind of ruined me. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of ruined me. And so I actually, on my iPhone, I turned off Safari. I turned off Mail. I really just tried to make it into a utility device instead of this device where it has all of this information that's at my fingertips all the time because I was finding myself getting very distracted by that. 
And yeah, with hell. that, especially like moving into working for Discourse, uh, which is a remote only company that has employees all over the world, there's work going on 24 seven. So I could flip open, you know, one of our discourse instances that we use to track work and stuff. And there'd be tons of topics and stuff to read through mm-hmm. in there. And so it's really easy when you work remotely and asynchronously and all over the world, especially for that work to creep in. And I'm sure you found Francesco that being self-employed and doing what you love is challenging to disconnect from it at times too oh yeah like we just get carried away (laughs) like uh (laughs) you you just want to do the majority of it as much as you can but um i yeah i mean you probably found it with the community that you've ran in it it, for the last couple of months at least it you get like you you get carried away with comments you're like i want to help that person Oh, right. I need to reply to this. I need to send him this link, and you get carried away because you absolutely just you want to share all these good stuff with other people, like tools or software or courses or presentations. And yes, yeah, you you literally go, oh my god, it's five o'clock. I need to switch off. Um, yeah, yeah it's, or it's a big one. Or okay, my kids are in bed now. I have to get to work on this thing that has been pressing me yeah. in my mind for the last week to get done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, oh my god. It, it's tough, you know, and especially yeah. like if you're working, I'm, I'm doing the side hustle thing along with having a full-time job. So it's especially challenging to try to juggle those boundaries sometimes, but you have to have boundaries. Yeah, and so I know it. for me, kind of what I've been focusing on for boundaries and, and it, it's been flexing a little bit lately because my life has been in transition too with, we're looking to move here soon, houses and stuff. And so there's a lot going on, but I try to make sure that I have good time boundaries set for my work. So anytime, usually prior to 7.30 or 8 o'clock in the morning and between 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. at night are no work zones because that's family time. Usually my kids wake up early, so I get a little bit of time before I have to start work in the morning to spend time with them. And then 6 to 8 p.m. is dinner time and time to play with them before they go to bed. And then after that, it's fair game generally you know usually my <laughs> wife and i'll hang out but that's important too to invest in you know if you're if you're married or you have a, a significant other to invest in that relationship too yeah definitely and the thing is you just like you, it's like putting a, this the sort of stake in the ground and just saying right this is my rules and it it, it, it won't do be done overnight like at least my routine took a couple of years to get to uh, i remember right like oh, it was like thursday evenings i would just like work every night and that just like was bad um i found it the worst when i i lived for for a year um my my wife now but she was my girlfriend at the time we were spending a year apart and i came back from uh, a year working uh for a company uh and this wasn't remotely but I literally had spent all that time working because I had nothing else to do. Sure. Um, And I would then come back and I'd have to adjust massively. So it's not something that I don't think will happen overnight, but as soon as you made those rules and those rituals, like it will pay off massively. Absolutely. And the, the truth is too, is that, and it's one thing that I've been talking a lot about over on my podcast um, process is 
it changes too. Mm-hmm. You have different seasons of life and you have different needs and one job may require one set of boundaries and then you might have kids, you know, and then it requires yeah. another set of boundaries and then, you know, you change jobs and that requires another set of boundaries. And so, I mean, yeah. when stuff in life changes, you get a routine set and it's great, but you also have to be flexible because needs change too. And I know it'll be way different. Like when my kids get into school, because they'll have after school activities, they'll have to get to school, have to pick them up from school, things like yeah. that. And it, that'll change the dynamic of what all that looks like as well. Now, I know one of the other things that I had on my list here that helps me prioritize relationships over work is to at least try to, on a weekly basis, get social time on the schedule, mm-hmm. whether you're scheduling like dinners with friends or somebody that you get together with lunch or you get together for lunch on a regular basis or date nights. Yeah. Um, ultimately, you have to build the margin in your calendar for social time because, as we talked about, it's very easy for work to creep into every little bit of space that yeah. you have. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like Parkinson's Law, I think, where work expands to the time allotted to it. And if you don't allot time to it, it just kind of eats up all the time. Yes, definitely. And do you have like a set time that you switch off? Like, did you like, did you set did you set like a weekly time or like is it literally just like the same daily or do you have like themed days <laughs> well that's been the challenge to be honest um you know i'm i'm only a couple months into the the job that i have right now and so i'm i'm still working out some of the routines um but everything's been so in flux too um you know we have yeah. like inspections that we have to go to or we got to go sign papers and so i've got to take time away from work in the middle of the day And so while I generally try to reserve at least one day a week where I'm not doing work and it's solely devoted to family time, and that's usually Saturday, it really just depends on how the week has gone. And we just try to schedule around it and be flexible because ultimately my family is my priority. I make decisions on how it affects my family generally and some other factors as well. But if, you know, something is, if my family needs attention, I'm going to set aside some time so that they get it. That's it. Yeah. I think you can definitely like when you get started with remote work, you can get carried away with just forgetting about that and not in a, like a harsh way. It's like you want to over exceed people's expectations when you're working remotely. Cause you've, you, you not got that presenteeism that you're yeah. sort of like, you're like, Oh my God, that person who's in the office is doing better than me because they are there. If that makes sense. And you're like, totally. If, if that's, uh, you know, you've got a company that still has that sort of disconnect or works in a different country. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I dealt with that a little bit working the corporate job that I had previously. I was essentially a remote worker the whole time. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I had to be really diligent about making sure I was communicating enough, making sure that I was getting my work done at a high quality level because I was working out of a remote office. And it's essentially the same as working remotely, to be yeah. honest, because <laughs> no one was looking over my shoulder. I had no coworkers in the office that were in the same role or even same division of the company that I was in. Hmm. And everybody was remote. Everybody else was remote. And so, and most all of them were co-located in the same community. And so I was just kind of flung off in the far reaches of Northern Minnesota away from everybody else <laughs> and Sorry. had to 
how to deal with that. And so it, it's a very real thing. And, you know, the nice part about having generally a corporate job, and especially if you're in some kind of an hourly role, is that usually if five o'clock rolls around, you're done. You're clocked yeah, out. You, it's you easy to do that. Away. But if you're in some kind of a salary role or your company is working all hours of the day or is working across multiple time zones, it's mm. really hard because there's always something going on and always something to be done. Yeah. I do feel like, do you feel it's, I feel at least it's getting better, like the whole remote work thing. Like there's less micromanagement, more focus on health. And I feel like companies are slowly getting it that if you put more attention into people overall, they will stay with you longer and work for you harder or smarter at least. Yeah, I think so. I think there's a lot of potential in the room, the capacity for remote work, but there's also, there's also a lot of potential to mishandle it too. Mm. Um, I've been reading the book, uh, the year without pants, which I don't know if you've heard about that. <laughs> oh my God. Um, that sounds like a book I need to read. Yeah, I've got it right here. It is by uh, Scott Birkin. Okay. And it's about his, he was hired on to Automatic, which is the makers of WordPress. Then mm-hmm. um, they're a 100% remote company. And he he's basically talking about in that book, um, you know, remote culture and how culture is the center of it because mm. you can have all these perks and awesome things like, Hey, you know, take as much time off as you need, or, Hey, yeah. you know, you've got freedom to do what you need to do and make decisions, but without having the culture that effectively yeah. supports that, that's the challenge, you know, cause the culture defines action. You yeah. can have, you can throw as many benefits to people as you want, but if you're still, not really cultured well for remote work, then it's going to suffer or be very challenging to implement well. But I would have to say that the, you know, like Discourse, the company that I work for, um, you know, and other remote companies like Doist, um, even Automatic, they do a really good job of kind of setting the pace of what a remote company looks like, giving their people freedom to make decisions, be involved, um, you know, to take really have authority to do things within the company and um, and have an influence on where their products go. Because it, I, I think it, where yeah. people get disconnected with work as well is because they feel like they're, they don't have ownership. Yes. And so yeah. when, when you give somebody authority, you're effectively handing them the keys and saying, you own this. Yeah. What are you going to do with it? Yeah, that's it. And And I feel like these companies, some of these like, sort of big companies that offer like unlimited holiday and you're like that is mainly to lure people in because the chances are that people are going to take that much holidays because of the culture that is set because it's not like a relaxed or you know exactly that embraces it they're just like oh my god i'm not going to take that because i'll look like a freak or <laughs> I, I i will uh, be pushing and I, I won't be able to get my job done um, but whereas with like remote culture, at least in the moment, a lot of the time it's quite open to those sorts of concepts and people won't abuse it, uh, but they understand it. It's more welcoming, I'd say. Absolutely. And, it, it, and it's, it's that culture exactly that makes it so great for people who are, you know, who are open to dealing with some of the challenges that come with working remotely because 
whether you're working in the office or whether you're working remotely, let's be honest, there's trade-offs. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to evaluate those. Um, and, and frankly, sometimes working remotely is hard for some people and some personality types. And this was actually going to be a little bonus suggestion for this episode is that if you find yourself having a really difficult time working remotely and you've tried it, you've talked to your superiors and stuff, try to figure out how to make it work and you're not making it work. It's okay to not work remotely anymore. Yeah. That's it. Like I feel like that's like a thing that people don't understand. Like people look at it and go, Oh, it looks so good, but you might not be actually, it might not work for you. Yes. Yeah. And so you just got to be sensitive to yourself with that because I mean, if you're, getting you know depressed or dealing with something like that i mean i've been there in my life before it's not the most fun place to be and honestly you need people around you who understand what's going on and can you know invest in your life and have relationship with you to really get through some of those seasons as well as handling the issues deep you know that are there that are causing that to occur Mm. um and sometimes it's just a biological thing too but um you know, it's sometimes it's just not the best time or season or best fit for a person to work remotely. And that's yeah, totally true. okay. There is, there's nothing wrong with that. hundred percent. Yeah. And I don't think people should kick themselves too much about it. And it's just like, sometimes remote work actually takes a lot of preparation. And um, normally what I recommend to people uh, who are like looking to somehow secure a remote work agreement with an existing boss is, is like to take your time with it and actually um, convince the person in an effective way that doesn't like, you know, push you too far out, like working extra hours for the sake of remote work. Right. And and, and even like to trial remote work, um, like even if it's like for a, like you could say to your boss, like, why don't we trial it for a month? Because then at least you've got a get-out-of-jail-free card if it doesn't work for you. And they, Absolutely. Have, a, they have a get-out-of-jail-free card if if they don't find it doesn't work for them as well. So their concept, it's like, it's like trying before you buy, really. It really is. And, and that's one of the key ways to influence the culture at a workplace, too, that maybe isn't super remote-friendly at the time. You can mm-hmm. always say, hey... Would you be open to your supervisor? You can say, would you be open to me working from home for one day a week for this month? Let's yeah. see how it goes. Because here's why. Even and that, then yeah, you list out. Idea than just a month. You know, I've, <laughs> I get pulled into meetings three times a day that I wasn't invited to. So yeah. that means that I'm spending three hours less a day working on these essential tasks that you want me to. If yeah. I get one day, I can get all of those things done. You know, things yeah. like that. I mean, you know, traditional office environments often, while they're great to, you know, serendipitously connect with people sometimes, you know, yeah. and and meet other people in the company and, and build relationship that way. Sometimes they can also be extremely distracting. And that's I know mm. that's one of the reasons that people love the idea of remote work is that you can just be at home do your work, yeah, get it done. But as we're talking about today, it can also just consume everything. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, it, it's it's about finding the balance in there between work and life and relationships and, and all of that. 
um, you know, through, throughout the whole process. <laughs> yeah. I, the one thing I do miss about working for an office, I worked for a startup for like, uh, actually it was like two, it was more like four years overall, but two, one year full in the office. And, uh, and then we agreed a sort of reduced hours remote work agreement um was actually we we used to have these plastic swords in the office and we used to have little fights and it was uh pretty beautiful things um and it kept you active <laughs> but at the same time uh you know it was nice to be around people for sure that's awesome i know yeah. i worked for a small it company here in town and me and the other guy who were working there primarily would very often get into nerf gun fights oh my god that is even smarter than sword fights <laughs> Yeah, but you can't you can't get into a Nerf gun fight across the internet. Oh my god, no! Well, you, can't, you yeah. might be able to. You might be able to. It, yeah, we with, should try it. You know, drone, drone technology and and AI and stuff these days. You might be able to get into a Nerf gun fight if you tried real hard. But I think I think we're gonna have to do a Nerf gun fight in person if we ever <laughs> if, if I ever fly over. I think that before we do anything, it's a Nerf gun fight first. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> Lovely. Um, Justin, just to wrap things up, um, where can everyone find you, uh, and enjoy some of the, the content you're already putting out? Yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at Justin Rose, as Francesco mentioned earlier in the episode. You can also find my productivity community and courses at effectiveremotework.com. Uh, the community is at community.effectiveremotework.com. And I also have a podcast called Process, and that will be at podcast.effectiveremotework.com. Love it. And we're, we are looking to do more of these sort of things together. This was our first ever, like, um, it was like dual content <laughs> where we both worked on this together and then we put it out. And I think it worked quite nicely, don't you think? Yeah, totally. I mean, it, it's... Uh, you see it happen in other shows and stuff sometimes, but it's a nice switch up for your format for sure. Yeah. And it's, um, it's like, uh, it, it's weird cause I've never done anything like that, but I, I quite enjoyed it. And, and, and the thing is we went off on like really good tangents. So perfect. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Lovely. Well, thanks Justin for coming on. And, uh, if you are new to tools they use, make sure you're subscribed and uh, we will see you guys in a future feature. Thank you very much, Justin, and we will talk soon. Are you a subscriber on the Keep Productive YouTube channel? If not, you'd love it. Software reviews and news. Just search for Keep Productive on YouTube for weekly videos. Thanks for listening to the Tools They Use podcast, a Keep Productive production. See you next time. <laughs>